it's not hard. This podcast is called Guatemalan Immigration, and you'll be listening to Ursa Freeman, Fiona Bullen, Kayla Deppen, Aaron Magnuson explain the recent history of Guatemala and the effect it has had on the immense amount of immigration and current internal displacement. Also, we will discuss the current situation in Guatemala, along with Guatemalan culture and the impact Guatemalan immigration has had on the United States. While Guatemala is known for its colorful culture and natural resources, internal migration and displacement continues to be an effect of the social and economic problems taking place. Guatemala continues to struggle with internal problems such as intense natural disasters, rising social violence, and an economy lacking the resources to promote a resolution. A significant amount of immigration out of Guatemala began in late 1960, which was recently after the civil war in Guatemala that lasted from 1960 to 1969. In 1954, the U.S. CIA helped overthrow Guatemala's elected president, which led to the rebellion to overthrow the military regime. This led to the civil war between the military and the leftist rebellion or anyone showing sympathy for the rebellion. According to Amy Brocken, an independent reporter and radio producer, documents later declassified revealed that the U.S. consistently reported supported the military in spite of being well aware of its human rights violations. This brought up an immense amount of controversy surrounding U.S. involvement in the civil war and reasons behind it. As a result of the civil war from 1981 to 1996, 200,000 primarily Highlands Milans were killed or disappeared. As would be expected, alongside the Civil War, poverty rates increased, and so did families taking the opportunity to immigrate to a new country with more opportunities for success, and primarily safety. Also, during the 1980s, the number of legal Guatemalan immigrants reached a high of 60,000 and continues to rise, with around 145,000 immigrants granted permanent resident status between 2000 and 2008. The increase of Guatemalan immigration to the United States continues to rise in the 21st century, with Guatemala being the second largest group of Central American immigrants to the U.S. after the Salvadorians. The assimilation of such a large number of immigrants from a completely different culture affects America in many ways. Not only is there an increase in the competition for employment opportunities, mainly ones that do not require citizenship, but also many immigrants struggle with the lack of education or language barriers. And although there are struggles for all immigrants, the Guatemalans have still brought a significant amount of their vibrant culture along with them, which is one of the reasons for America's immense diversity. What would be your reason to immigrate? Guatemalans are fleeing their country for many different reasons. There are many pushes and pulls that are forcing them to leave their country of origin. Many Guatemalans are treated like peasants in their own country. They move to the United States to have a better life with better pay so they can survive. Also, when they apply for jobs, they don't care if it's dirty or difficult. They do what they can to survive. They have outstanding work ethic. According to the Pew Research Center, the number of Guatemalans immigrating from Guatemala to the U.S. increased by 25% from 2007 to 2015. If they try to go back to Guatemala, they're majorly looked down upon for leaving in the first place. Additionally, many get sent out of the U.S. for committing minor crimes. When they get back to their home country, they're unaccepted by the people that reside there. Anita Isaacs, a journalist for the New York Times, says, Not surprisingly, returning migrants aren't particularly liked. Guatemalans figure they were sent home for breaking the law. Those with tattoos are ostracized, assumed to belong to a violent street gang. Employers won't hire them, and passerbys glance away. Oscar Gil Garcia, a journalist for The Conversation, says, 
While our petition to obtain legal status for all 26 stateless people who fled the Guatemalan military conflict was approved in late 2016, their indigenous appearance still marks them as subordinate in Mexican society. As a result, several may still face intimidation by immigration agents who have been found to discriminate against indigenous people and excavate human rights violations in Mexico. This, ho this hostile state has prompted human rights organizations to call for conditioning U.S. funding for fortifying Mexico's borders on efforts to protect the rights of migrants. Many of the Guatemalans that immigrate here speak little to no English. They have no time to prepare for their different world here because when they immigrate, it's usually a split-second decision. Every day they rise in the ranks by showing up to work and showing that they will do whatever it takes to be able to live in the United States. When Maria Martinez couldn't afford to feed her children, she borrowed money from a friend. She expected her husband in America to send home the money he earned at work. With some of this money, she would pay off the debt. The weeks went by and there was no check from Juan, her husband. She was at a loss. How could she pay off her debt now? In a panic, she borrowed money from someone else to pay off what she owed. And so the cycle began. Watching his mother struggle with a mountain of debt, 16-year-old Armando felt helpless. Finally, he'd had enough, and to help his family, he decided to go to America, find his father, and work, sending the money he earned back to his mom. This is his story. Armando Martinez is 16 years old. He lives in Zoctac, Guatemala, up until his journey to America. He can still remember a time, years ago, when his family was one of the better off. When Armando was three, his father had immigrated to America, where he was promised a job, and sent home the equivalent of $350 a week. Maria, Armando's mother, had saved up money and bought a corn grinder. People flocked to their house to use the grinder and make flour for their tortillas. Their spirits were up and their stomachs full. Each day, Armando would take a bus to another town where he would take classes at a small school. When the family could no longer afford for his schooling, he stayed home and took care of his younger sister. His mom went out looking for more jobs, but had trouble finding someone who was looking to hire. Everyone in Zoltstak seemed to be as broke as the Martinez family was. Armando couldn't sit by and watch any longer. The money sent from Juan was dwindling, and Armando didn't want to see what would happen to his family when the money was no more. He packed his bags and hired a coyote, a person who would get him across the border. With that, he began his venture to America. The trek to America wouldn't be easy having to travel through both the Guatemalan-Mexican border and the Mexican-American border. To put that in perspective, Google Maps shows that it's about 1,700 miles from Zoltac to Texas. His final destination, Indiana, is another 1,000 miles away. He crossed the Guatemalan border on foot, meeting the coyote in Paso Ando, Mexico. Once paid with a whopping $600, the coyote provided Armando with fake Mexican documentation and instructions on what to say if he was confronted by any immigration officials. I am living with my grandma in Paso Ando, and now I have heard news of my missing father in Reynosa. I am off to find him and rekindle a relationship. Armando recites this phrase in his head. He needs to know it by heart. Taking a series of buses north through Mexico, Armando struggled to keep himself nourished and hydrated. The coyote covered costs for transportation, but any money for food came out of Armando's pocket. After days of tenuous travel, the bus pulled up in the border town of Reynosa. To get into America, there was one final step. He needed to cross the Rio Grande. 
He was taken to a small house crammed full of other immigrants waiting to cross the river. With little food and only a mat to sleep on, Armando had no other option but to wait his turn. However, after a violent act involving immigrants at the border, the stakes were raised. The coyote from Guatemala left and refused to make to take Armando further. A group of smugglers arrived to take care of the immigrants left in Reynosa. They offered to get Armando across, but only if he would pay another $600. Determined to cross, Armando called his father and begged for the money he would need. His father agreed, but worried about the debts piling up for him in America. If he couldn't pay, some of the people he owed might go to the police about his undocumented status. Armando hurried the money to the smugglers, and the next day he crossed the border. He jumped on a bus and headed out, beginning his journey to Indiana. The next town he entered brought trouble. As Armando walked down the street, immigration officers pulled up and began to question him. Why did you come to America? They asked. He panicked. He blurted, I'm an orphan. Armando went on to fabricate a story about he, how he couldn't support himself, and his uncles in Indiana had promised him a job and home. He says now that he didn't know why he lied. He guesses he thought it would help his chances. He was taken to a detention center while his uncles were located. Afterwards, he was relocated to a shelter where he was provided a bed and food. 21 days later, he was offered a plane ride to Indiana, where he would meet up with his uncles and began working on their farm in Cass County. Juan borrowed more money to foot the $1,200 bill and prayed that Armando's work would be enough to pay off the debt. Armando could never fully re reconnect with his father. The only way he was allowed to stay in America was if he was living with his uncles, and going to stay with his father would possibly endanger both of them. After years of work and the addition of odd jobs for the neighbors, Armando was able to help pay off the debt his father owed and is currently helping his mother get back on her feet. He sends $200 a week to his mother, and combined with the $350 from Juan, Maria is finally getting her life back and plans to go to school next fall. The situation isn't ideal for any of the Martinez family, but it's especially better than before. Maybe in future years they will be able to reconcile and get out of poverty once and for all. Hey guys, I'm going to be discussing Guatemalan art and culture and its impact on the U.S. Some Guatemalan traditions are the celebration of Quintanillos, the formation of soccer leagues, and the, and the organization of the Las Fiestas de la Pratona, organization of Pratona parties. Some traditions have remained in most neighborhoods of Guatemalan immigrants, especially in Los Angeles, California, Houston, Texas, and Southern Florida, sections that in the Guatemalan traditions are being transformed and lost due to conforming to American culture in order to fit in. Did you know that violence and economic status in the, is the number one reason for immigration? We hope you enjoy learning about Guatemalan immigrants to the, US, to the United States. And it was a pleasure having you listen to us. Have a great day.